The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP, the best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, utilities. Uh Uh-huh. Let's talk. Beyond their original mandate to deliver power and water, we need those. Yes, we do. Utilities today are awash. I love that word. Awash in waves of big data, go green, and get smart challenges. A lot to contend with. What if there was a tech startup or two or three that could help them swim to safety? If you can picture that metaphor. I have a panel of experts who are going to address this today. Let's get started. I'm going to welcome my first guest on the panel. He is Brian. Brian Weekliam, the CEO of Bangkok Analytics. And on the topic, Brian sent me a quote from none other than Ronald Reagan. Let me read the quote and then we'll hear from Brian. Reagan said, Information is the oxygen of the modern age. It seeps through the walls topped by barbed wire. It wafts across the electrified borders. I love that quote. Brian Weekliam, welcome to Startup Focus with Game Changers. How are you today, Brian? I'm good, Bonnie, and and thank you for having me on the show. Um, I have to say I'm very excited about this. Uh, I I came across this quotation uh, doing a bit of research, and I I really like it too. So tell Um, me, talk to me about the, you've got, you're talking about oxygen, we're talking about wafting across the electrified borders. What does this have to do with the state of utilities today, and startups, of course, Brian? Well, it, it, it's all about information, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we have an explosion of information. It multiplies year, year in, year out. I, I really like this partly because of who, who said it. Uh, Ronald Reagan was president for, for eight years. Um, he wasn't regarded as an intellectual, but he, he was a very likable president. And uh, he's famous for Reaganomics. Uh, he was president during the Cold War period. And I think uh, when he made that statement, uh, I, I, I guess it was partly political because, you know, they were the times uh, when, when borders uh, were, were really fortified. Um, in, in terms of utilities, look, uh, I say that, uh, you know, utilities are providing our water and our power service, services. Information is all powerful. And uh, these guys have lots of information. They have millions of customers. They have they've, uh, megabytes and terabytes of data. And look, uh, information is all powerful, and I think that's what Ronald Reagan was trying to say. Uh, and you can either embrace it or you can ignore it. And I, I think we're, we're all embracing it now. 
And we have to. And Brian, that goes back to in my intro, I said the utilities today are awash in waves of, and you know what I'm talking about, big data, go green and get smart. And that all requires dealing with massive amounts of information. Thanks for a great opening quote, Brian. I want you to sit tight. We're going to get to the other two panelists now, and then we'll hear a lot more from you later in the show. So thank you. By the way, where are you calling from today? Dublin, Ireland. I think I could tell from the accent. I just wanted to check. Thank you very much. <laughs> Charming. Okay, let's turn to our second panelist. It's Derek Joes. I'll spell that J-O-S-E. He's the co-founder and chief product officer, CPO, of M2M Platforms at a company called Flutura, F-L-U-T-U-R-A. He sent me a long quote, but let me just give you the meat on the bones here. Very interesting. Derek says, Technology shifts periodically occur that change the rules of the game. That is what we're talking about. And he adds, the utility sector is ripe for unlocking energy efficiencies by reducing technical and commercial losses along the complete grid value chain. It also offers to understand energy consumption patterns at a level of granularity not previously possible. Welcome, Derek Joes. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Bonnie. How are you? Fine. Delighted to hear from you. Where are you calling from, by the way? I'm calling from Bangalore, India. Okay. Well, welcome. That's that's a little bit of a distance to come for the show. We appreciate it. So, Derek, talk to me about the technology shifts. And I know this plays very nicely as a good segue from Brian Weekly's quote. Go ahead, Derek. Sure. So the year 2008 uh, was a very important year because that was the year of inflection point where the number of uh, devices which got connected to the Internet far exceeded the number of human beings which got connected to the Internet. It has huge, massive repercussions because the amount of machine-generated data, either from connected buildings, connected cars, connected uh, houses is going to far exceed the amount of social data which needs to be harnessed and utilized. That That's one important trend. And, and the second important theme which I wanted to quickly touch upon is that there are about three networks which typically fuel an economy. Uh, first is the telecom network which governs the way we communicate with each other. Second is the uh, road network, uh, which uh, manages the goods flow across the country. And third is the grid network, which manages the energy flow. If you look at the, the amount of transformation in these three grid networks, the telecom and road network has undergone tremendous transformation in the last decade. Uh, and the utility network is just at the cusp of the transformation. And I strongly believe data and information is going to be a key lever in liberating this information and transforming the efficiencies because a small 1% change in energy flows can have a dramatic effect on the other economies which are predicated on this. Thank you very much, Derek. A lot to think about, a lot to chew on. We have a big topic here today. Let me introduce Luisa Silva, our next panelist. She is a director at SAP Startups in Market Enablement for EMEA and MEE. And let me, oh, we have Albert Einstein. Luisa, you wouldn't believe how many panelists on Game Changers Radio love Albert Einstein quotes. And you've got a great one here. Let me read it and then we'll hear from you. Luisa sent us this quote. It followed from the special theory of relativity 
relativity that mass and energy are both but different manifestations of the same thing, a somewhat unfamiliar conception for the average mind. Well, I hope we don't have average minds here on the show. Luisa <laughs> Silva, welcome back to SAP Radio. It's been a while. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Bonnie. It's great to be back. And, and thank, thank you, you for inviting me to, to come back. It's a we're, great We're show. delighted. We're delighted. Thank you so much. So, Einstein, first of all, why did you pick Einstein? Are you a, an Einstein quote devotee among many of our, our uh, participants? And talk to me about how this relates to our topic of utilities. Okay, thank you. So um, I'm not a quote devotee of Albert Einstein, but I'm a devotee of his work and um, his uh, theories. So um, I, I chose it because I thought it fit perfectly onto our theme into different perspectives. So the first one, because um, the evolution on um, throughout the past centuries on the energy generation um, has gone through a long way, but I'm eager, and I'm, I'm sure everyone uh, in the planet is eager to see what the next leap is going to be and how the utility sector will be able to uh, reach that next leap. And, and, and that takes us to innovation and startups from that perspective. And the second point of view is the part of the some, somewhat unfamiliar conception for the average mind, not the part of the gener- in energy generation itself, but exactly mm-hmm. from the point of the masses of information that um, the utility sector needs to leverage today and the transformation of the sector itself coming from a basic energy efficient or energy providing to um, information intensive to not say extensive um, Mm -hmm. focus of the industry. So go green, big data, get smart, all the three together couldn't be more perfect to, to your introduction. And I thought I was just being clever. (laughs) Thank you very much. You know, we have a lot of time left in this segment, and I would like to get to know our newcomers to the show. I know they have very interesting stories. So why don't we go back to Brian Weekliam from Bangkok Analytics. Brian, would you please spend about two minutes telling us about your company? We'd like to know who you are, what you do, and what utilities mean to you. Please share. Yeah, no, I'd love to. Uh, Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, We provide companies with compelling insights using their banking data, and they use this to become more competitive and profitable. So, look, uh, the the utilities have swathes of information, but but we we take a piece of that information, and that's the banking data piece. Because if you take, uh, take the Pacific Gas and Electric Company, they have 5 million customers they're paying monthly bills, 60 million bills, they have 11 billion in revenue. They have masses of data, and that data is worth money. I mean, they can, they can drive efficiencies. If they can understand how, how their customers use their service, how their customers interact with them. And so what we do is we, we take their, their banking data, and we show how money flows through their organization, how it flows from their customers into the organization, how it flows out. It, they pay their staff, they pay their suppliers, they pay their investors. So what we do is we paint pictures with that data. So we take, uh, and this, this is, 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 is using the power of, of, of new technologies. We're able to take huge amounts of data. Uh, they say, they say um, a picture tells a thousand words, 
um, a picture tells a billion numbers, you know. So, uh, mm. so that's what we try and do. We try and, and distill that data down, make sense of it, and, and feed this information to CFOs, treasurers, finance directors. So, so they're, not, they're not waiting through big, long reports with, with loads of numbers. They're seeing dashboard-style information. This is how efficient uh, our financial activity is. Very interesting. I loved your picture word. A picture is worth a billion numbers. That certainly is an update over the thousand words that we've been referencing for time immemorial. Brian, I'm going to ask you, how does this banking uh, information you're working with, what's the relationship to utilities, our topic today? Well, you know, um, I suppose when you talk about startups, you know, uh, we, we can't be all things to all men, so we all pick our area of expertise, our, our, our sweet spot. And mm-hmm. we, 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 we understand banking data. We mine banking data. We eat numbers. Uh, so that's, that's our thing. And look, uh, utilities have, have, have literally billions of, of, of funds flowing in through their organizations. And look, how do they know? How do they control all of this? Now they have they've armies of people pushing paper, and they've you know they, they they've systems out there. But we've developed a unique way of helping these utilities because what we do is we we hoover up all their banking data, and don't forget ah. every cent that flows through a utility flows through their bank accounts. So we 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 hoover up all that banking data and we take it away, and we show those utilities how they can make money out of that data, how they can drive efficiency, how they can speed up the flow of cash. Thank you, Brian. I'm just marveling at the way you use words. I'm conjuring up all these pictures, and the Hoover remark did not get past me at all. Thank you for that. Thanks for answering my questions. Let's turn to Derek. Derek, we have three minutes left in this segment. Let's get to know you as well, co-founder and CPO of the M2M platforms at Flutura. Tell us a little bit about Flutura and its relationship to utilities, please. So Futura was formed in the year 2012 uh, and is a pure play data science company focused at the intersect of machine data and big data analytics. Uh, so when we started our journey, we looked around and said uh, there's a massive amount of data which is exploding, and we categorized them into two classes of data, uh, machine-generated data as well as human-generated data. So human-generated data was a social bit, Twitter, Facebook, uh, customer insights, and we found uh, that was a data pool which was being used very well. And when we looked around, we found that a lot of sensor data, machine data, data pools were lying around and being flushed out and there was gold uh, hidden in it. So we said we will go out and specialize in extracting intelligence and value from purely machine-generated data. The second question we asked ourselves was, now, which industries do we focus upon? Uh, We zeroed in on utility and oil and gas uh, because both had uh, energy flows and a small change to the efficiencies in the energy flows can have a domino effect on the rest of the industry. So that's how Futura was born. And, and we have a patented platform called Cerebra, which is used to uh, essentially translate massive amounts of sensor data into actionable intelligence. 
Thank you very much. Good explanation. I appreciate that. And you know what? I'm going to give you all a break, but I want to tell our listeners that we're going to cover many of the following topics. I'm going to give you a list. We're going to ask our panelists. Going to find out their point of view about more about the state and trends in the utility sector today and what they observe down the pike five years ahead. We'll do that at the end of the show. We're going to find out the impact that they want to have on the utility sector. We're going to find out a little more about the gleam in the eye that was the genesis of why they started their companies. Talk a little bit about SAP HANA offering. What's the business value of the speed of in-memory and who their ideal customers are? That's a lot of meat on the bones there. Guess what? You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham speaking today with Brian Weekliam at Bangkok Analytics, Derek Joes at Flutura, and Luisa Silva at SAP Startup Program. We'll be right back after the break. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. A lot more coming. We're going to go into the roundtable round. You don't want to miss it. Utilities and startups powering up is our topic today. We'll be right back. Mike out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Welcome back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham talking with Brian Weekliam at Bangkok Analytics, Derek Joes at Flutura, and Luisa Silva at SAP Startups. And we're ready to launch into our roundtable. Yes, we are. We've got some great topics for you today. And our theme today is Startups and Utilities powering up and i know that's what you all want to hear so let's get down do some level setting here brian you have a great quote you sent me before the show you say utilities lubricate the wheels of industry and more than that utilities have a responsibility to be successful i like that can i tell that to my electric company brian talk to me 
Yeah, um, I, I, I think that, you know, utilities are providing an essential service. You know, there's a huge responsibility on them. Uh, many of them are privately owned, you know, and, uh, you know, there is an argument that, you know, should they, should they be uh, in, in, in public hands, you know, should they, should they be privately owned? Um, look, uh, they're, they're the lifeblood. Of, of industry, they provide our power, they provide our water, and you know they, they they have to be successful, and they've got to leverage all the means that they have to to become more successful because that's what drives down the cost uh, to the user, the cost of power, uh, the cost of gas, the cost of water. So you know they they really have to they have to be successful, and you know uh, they've got to use everything within their means. They've got to look at their organisation. You know how do they how do they make this more efficient? They've got to look at all that data they have. They've got to try and make sense of it, and they've got to use everything that they have within their power uh, to 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 streamline. Brian, I couldn't agree more, and I'm thinking back to what we underwent here with Hurricane Sandy. I'm in New York, you know that, and uh, what we had in terms of outages and eight days without power and ten days without cable and without phones and without the opportunity to see what was going on and the gas shortage, the lines. I waited till 1, 2 in the morning one night for three hours, two blocks from where I live, just to get gas, and they were shut down for hours. It was cold. It was difficult. So utilities, we do rely on them, but I don't think we realize how much we rely on them until they're not operational, until they're not doing what you say, that responsibility, fulfilling it to be successful. I want to turn to Derek Joes. Derek, uh, join in with us on this conversation of the importance of utilities and what they're facing today. There's a big job out there for them to do. Derek, what do you observe from your vantage point at Flutura? Yeah, we're seeing a couple of trends which are converging. One is uh, there is massive stress on the power grid itself. The number of devices which are consuming power is dramatically increasing. Uh, the assets are extremely old, and, and because of these mm-hmm. factors, the frequency and the duration of outages is increasing. And I agree with Brian. Every time something happens to the utilities, it, it has a multiplier effect on other industries. So every time an outage occurs, uh, uh, let's say a manufacturing company has to power up alternative sources of energy, and this mm-hmm. increases their manufacturing costs and reduces their competitive uh, advantage. So it's very important for utilities to transform themselves. And information which is embedded uh, along the transformers or along the smart meters can give you a lot of patterns which can be used to understand uh, when and where an outage can happen. Uh, For example, there could be a strong correlation between weather conditions, as you rightly pointed out, and the probability of an outage event happening. There could also be a strong correlation between the age of a transformer and the probability of an outage happening. By utilizing information, I I think utilities can do a very good job of uh, proactively predicting where an outage could potentially occur and deploying resources to mitigate the risks uh, which come out of that. So so I think a lot of uh, transformative work can be done if utilities can extract more value out of the sensor data, which is today we feel is being completely untapped. 
Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. And of course, we want the efficiency. We want the delivery. We want it on time when we need it, but we don't want to pay more for it. So that gets into, into ROI. You know that. You know, every time the cable company raises their rates, it's OMG, really? What have you done for me lately? Louisa, come in on this in terms of the basics of the utility industry today. Yeah, Bonnie, that, it, it's true. It's really a, a, a bit of a, of a duality, right? Because um, the utilities companies are at the same time a business, but um, on the other hand, they are a need. They are part of the way of life of our, of our society today. And as you said and felt in person, uh, when they are not there is exactly when you realize what they mean in your day-to-day uh, living. So um, the, the, the thing between the, the balance between being profitable or being efficient or being effective is a very streamlined and uh, I think that it's, it, the three factors comply to define what it means to be successful for a utility company. And the part of them being privately owned or publicly owned also um, has, it contributes as a major fa- factor towards uh, how, how to say, how, um, how well we equipped they might be to, um, overcome unforeseen conditions or how um, flexible they can be on preparing and replacing older assets, preparing them to be more resistant to either weather um, disruption or uh, political disruption or whatever kind of disruption. So for a private company that needs to, that it's quoted in the market and that um, needs to uh, present their uh, results, like their financial results, it needs to be financially efficient uh, too, as uh, Brian was mentioning earlier in the, in the program. Um, it's very difficult to um, factor in an extra point towards um, availability. Although while they are not available, they are not uh, earning their, their 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 money, right? Because they are not providing mm-hmm. the service. But on the other hand, the amount of um, investment they need to do to ensure that the level of availability is maximized is huge and probably not compatible with the profitability of their company. So it is a bit um, a, a tough balance to leverage between. Um, arguing towards a public uh, utility company or a private utility company, where I think innovation and startups can contribute a lot. Mm-hmm. is on the transformation of uh, it, of the utilities companies on, on every level, either by um, bringing down the costs because they contribute to develop new kinds of devices or infrastructure that is more resistant or resilient to uh, disruption, whatever kind of disruption, or mm-hmm. also um, in the perspective where uh, Derek was mentioning earlier, where they can provide to utility companies the capability of anticipation, allowing them to prepare and adjust their network towards um, a potential disruption here or there so that they don't need to uh, stop the the supply of, of energy or water. 
Thank you, Louisa. I, I want to ask the whole panel something. I have a note here from Derek. Derek Joes from Futura sent me something interesting. I want to make a proposal here, a proposition uh, about something Derek called the domino effect, but I want to propose that it goes two ways. He said, a small change in energy efficiencies by analyzing previously unseen patterns in utility and smart grid data can have a domino effect as every industry and economy is touched by efficiencies. But let me take it a step further. He says, in the evolved markets, the core utility themes are on influencing consumer energy habits, alternate energy sources, and the evolution of the prosumer. Now, so my question is, let's start with Derek on this one, and then I, of course, would love to have Brian and Louisa come in on this. My question is, it sounds to me like we've got a domino effect either way. If they use their analytics, they use the new tools and the skills and in-memory computing to get that data, look at it, find the pattern, say, how can we do it better, faster, smarter, cheaper? That's one thing. It's going out. But then... When they're able to influence the customers, the customers are helping with that efficiency, and it can help the utility. It goes to me. It goes back in the other the other side of the utility. So, Derek, is that what you had in mind? Exactly. Maybe I'll clarify that with a very uh, specific example. Please, See, yes. One of the uh, yeah. So, one of the interesting use cases in the smart grid sector is to how do you modify consumers' energy habits during peak times. So, so if you look at the energy grid, uh, let's say between 10 and 4, uh, there are a lot of uh, plants being activated called peaking plants. So these are plants which come up only at peak time to reduce stress on the grid. Now, what happens is uh, this stress on the grid can be reduced by multiple things. For example, if you look at the consumers, there are two kinds of customers. One is the retail customer and the industrial customer. You can't prevent an industrial customer from guzzling uh, electricity at peak time. But what you can do is certainly influence, let's say, an average household from turning on the washing machine at peak time. So you you are able to decode what kind of uh, devices uh, a household is using by using device signatures. And then a simple mobile app could be provided to inform the customer in real time saying, hey, look, in your neighborhood, you seem to be one of the top guzzlers. Uh, Can you Mm -hmm. be a little sensitive to it? So that's a very soft way of trying to influence his sensitivity towards uh, the energy consumption. Now, the other extreme, uh, there are some utility companies which go and say, look, your power bill could have been reduced by so much if you had shifted your usage of washing machine uh, from peak power to Saturday. So, Mm -hmm. So identifying... Uh, specific customers and energy habits and trying to influence them can have a massive effect on the stress on the grid itself because at the end of the day, a small change in those their small habits, nano habits as you call it, can have a dramatic reduction on the stress on the grid. So that's one example, very specific example, where trying to influence customers' energy habits can reduce the stress on the grid. Uh, I don't know if that helps, Bonnie. <laughs> yes, that's that's great. That's exactly what I was looking for. It reminds me of a, a quick story, uh, Derek. A friend of mine used to get very annoyed when he'd be coming home from work, and he'd see what looked like a lot of retired seniors driving slowly on the expressway in New York. And he'd say, can't they do their driving at off-peak time? I'm trying to get home. For God's sake, why is that little old man, little, oh, God, little old man, little old lady driving? Can't they do, why are they in the supermarket line? It's 6 o'clock. I need my grocery for dinner. Why can't they shop at three in the afternoon while the rest of us are working? And he was, and that's that's a question of use, right? Consumer peak 
times and, and not and redistributing usability. Brian, would you please uh, come in with this? you have any examples you'd like to share in terms of what we're call- I'm calling the dual domino effect in terms of the utilities being able to see the patterns, do better, and then influence or the influence how the consumer uses, which goes back into the system? Yeah, um, I'd like to develop uh, uh, Derek's point. Um, Please. The information is already there. You know, it's, it's sitting on servers, it's sitting on hard drives, it's sitting in filing cabinets. But all that information is there. It's there now. And it's just a case of, of actually going to the trouble of uh, processing it. Um, and, you know, there's mines of information in, the, in these big utilities because, you know, that there's a huge amount of, there's a huge number of customers, there's a huge amount of usage. And, and, and this is all feeding through, it's feeding through billing systems, ERP systems. You know, it's, it, it, it's there. So, um, you know, there's, there's an onus on the utility companies uh, to make better use of that information. Uh, Bonnie, uh, you have my sympathy. I'd say the Hurricane Sandy experience was uh, a living nightmare. Um, and w- yes, people it was. talk about the banks, uh, Bonnie, being too big to fail. You know, uh, what, what about the utility companies? Um, look at the look at the, the, the kind of bailout money that's that's going into banks to to shore up the, the financial system. But do you see the same uh, kind of the same amount of resource going into? Uh, properly buffering uh, the utility system. And, and they're far more important. I mean, if, if, the bank, if the bank doesn't open, okay, you can't go into the bank, but you can still eat your dinner and you can, you, you can still mm-hmm. watch the television. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's kind of my sense of it. Interesting. As long as the power company got paid and they kept the power on and you have the television to watch during dinner. There we go. There we go, up and down the chain. <laughs> Louisa, Louisa, do you have any examples you'd like to share? Yes, yes, I do. So um, on the startup uh, program, uh, we are seeing a number of startups, and Flutura and, and Bangkok are um, examples of them, but also other startups that are looking into this uh, point of um, being able to um, grab the information, the detailed information of consumption and flow it in uh, back to the utility company. So this has two, two, two perspectives, right? Because um, from a consumer point of view, if the utility company provides this kind of service, this allows the, the end consumer to understand better the way he's consuming the energy. And in Europe, we're, I don't know how it is in the U.S. Um, today, Bonnie, maybe you can then chime in on that too, but um, in Europe, we are seeing many utility companies uh, creating um, different price points for different consumption times for residential mm. consumers. And um, um, if they, on top of that, so this is already an, uh, an attempt to direct the consumption to off-peak hours, to leverage and, and alleviate the stress on the grid. But if on top of that, if you are able to provide um, effective and real-time insight to the end consumer on mm-hmm. how is um, his um, way of living um, affecting or uh, being impactful on his um, utility bill, 
in detail how many how much water is 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 spending monthly that's already a given right but mm-hmm. um, what impact does does it have if he washes the dishes and the clothes um, on peak hours or off peak hours both on electricity on or and in water um, that's right that's a different leverage right and uh, if the utility company is able to introduce into the end consumer um, individual home the, uh, the sensors and the capacity of reading this information, capturing this, capturing this information, and giving that insight to the end consumer, it will help efficiently right away, right? But having yes. the power of the uh, uh, retrieving back that data will also help the utility company to understand a next level of pattern of consumption that can help um, not only um, leveraging the, the grid, preparing it for the different peaks, but also can um, help them define better price points and different um, peak hours for um, the different to, to adjust the behavior of consumption. And we are seeing startups already working on that. We, um, if you allow me, I, I'll, I'll, I'll even share one or two names. Yes, but I, please, I can go ahead. Say, yeah. yeah. So, for example, yeah. I can give you one name, CleanPoint. They have mm-hmm. this as an extension of um, the, the existing level of, uh, of information. Brian was mentioning the consumption information is f- fed back to the, um, to the billing systems and everything inside the utility company. But uh, CleanPoint has devices and a system that powered by in-memory technology that mm-hmm. gives this next step, that goes into this next direction, into the, the, the house of the consumer, uh, reading and measuring and capturing the different uh, levels of consumption of everything that the consumer has and giving the consumer that insight but feeding back that information in real time to the utility too. So future is here. That's what we used to call the open channels of communication and relationships. And you're saying there has to be an open channel. The, the consumer has yeah. to care. They have to care. Yeah. You can give them all the information, but it has to matter to them. And I think we're seeing mm-hmm. that change. To your point, I live in a, a cooperative residence, which is a multifamily dwelling. There are 96 apartments in my building. So I don't even get mm-hmm. an electric bill, Louisa. It's part of what we call oh. my monthly maintenance bill. And that is fixed by the board that covers all of the expenses for the whole building. So so I don't see mm. that, but it's very likely that the utilities here on Long Island do have different price points. I certainly hope so. And I know some buildings that generate their own electricity, uh, where my mother lives, they have a, a generator that generates so much that they actually sell off their extra power. That's a three-tower yeah, three towers with, uh, I think 3,600 apart, no, 1,800 apartments in three very high rise towers and they generate their own. So they never have to worry about a power outage. Thank you, Louisa. Great insights. I want to go back to Derek Joes from Flutura. Derek, it says here in my notes that you are the chief product officer. I like that CPO designation of M to M platforms at Flutura. This is what we're talking about machine to machine where, where the, the consumption will go back and forth and the machine talks to the computer and the data is passed along. So tell us a little bit about what Flutura is doing in the M2M space that you're involved with, Derek Jose. Yes. Uh, Flutura is uh, building a patent platform uh, on top of the HANA stack itself. Uh, uh, it's called Cerebra. 
so there are two products there. One is what we call as nano apps. These are specifically built, purpose built for a vertical. And it is predicated on another platform called the Cerebral Signal Studio, which is agnostic of the vertical. So nano apps, uh, think of it as a mobile app. So it, it is not an enterprise class application which takes uh, uh, 8 to 12 months to develop and deploy. Mm-hmm. It is something which can be uh, deployed in a utility in, in fairly 30 days time frame. And, and that's a very specific thing. Uh, and and they'll be able to, me- uh, the time to impact is dramatically reduced. So our objective is to uh, bring to the machine world what has been done to the consumer world in terms of small apps doing uh, very surgically uh, oriented use cases. And and we have started doing that, and uh, uh, SAP HANA is one of the platforms on which we are leveraging yes. to obtain this massive amount of uh, sensor and unstructured data. Thank you, Derek. That's exactly what I was looking for. Let me ask you a question, Derek, and then I'll pose the same question to Brian Weekly at Bangkok Analytics. What did you do as a kid that made you want to get into this area of technology? There must have been a spark early on, a teacher or a parent, or you saw something in a movie and you said, that's what I want to do. How did you come to start and co-found this company, Derek? Okay, there's a lot of uh, experiences which shaped this. I, I definitely had a physics teacher who was extremely inspirational. Uh, he he uh, injected the culture of experimenting and encouraged us to fail often. <laughs> so that was something which was embedded into my DNA uh, early on. Uh, and, and that kind of helped because there was a safety net which said, uh, no, it's okay to fail as long as you don't repeat mistakes. And And, and I think that is one of the cultures which is extremely important uh, when you're trying to tinker around and disrupt uh, some industries. So that was one of the formative experiences. And as I grew up, uh, one of the things which happened was the second most infecting point was when Google and Facebook started innovating in the data side. Uh, So there were a lot of challenges which traditional architectures uh, could not resolve in processing high-velocity data and unstructured data. And I was completely fascinated by the way they went back to first principles and and, and re-architected it so that and, and kind of gave it up into the open source so that multiple industries can start using data as an asset uh, to transform the industry. So these are the two most important influences uh, which propel me into taking this step and say, hey, why don't we experiment and try to disrupt some of this industry? Hey, why not us? Why not? Let's be the ones to make an impact. Thank you so much. Brian, you're up. Tell me what got you, what got your juices flowing that made you want to be in the tech field and wanted to be part of a startup like Bangkok Analytics. Where did that seed come from? Oh, my story's a bit boring, Bonnie. Uh, I doubt you know, it. <laughs> I, I, I spent 12 years with my head stuck in banking systems. I'm an accountant uh, originally. <laughs> So okay, that, that's, that's where, the that's end of the I conversation. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I was able to, I, I was able to see, you know, I, I kind of, I, I was fascinated the way money moved around the banking system. Because, you know, the global banking system is a labyrinth of banks and payment systems, hundreds mm-hmm. of banks and thousands of payment systems. And it all moves around in different ways. And, and nobody can make sense of it. It, it, it. it leaves your bank account and it arrives in your bank account. But 
you know, we've developed very, very clever technology that can analyze all that activity. Derek mentioned earlier about smart meters, the whole smart meter mm-hmm. concept. Uh, what we do is we put a smart meter on the banking activity of companies. So we measure the efficiency. So, you know, I mean, we all know what happens. You know, the customer pays on a Monday. It arrives in the billing department on a Wednesday. It gets sent to the Treasury Department. The Treasury Department sends it to the payroll department. The payroll department sends it back to Treasury, Treasury, and then somebody gets paid, a supplier uh, or, or the staff. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's quite inefficient because... Uh, you know, there's so many different rules, there's so many different uh, factors involved. So what our technology does is it, 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 it just gathers up all this data, it processes it, and it, it, it presents it in a very, very simple and logical way. And so, so our customers who are utility companies, large corporates, insurance companies, they, they, they plug our smart meter in. And what they're getting is an X-ray view of, the, of their financial activity. It's wonderful. Uh, I, know, I know it's probably boring to a lot of people, but I get really excited about this stuff because I know we're on the cusp of something really, really special here. Well, that's what I, I wanted to hear that excitement, and you were very, very modest saying, oh, I, I'm an accountant, and I, I've worked in banking systems for years. <laughs> There's nothing boring about that, because look what you're doing. You are on the cutting edge. You are dealing with high tech. You did work. You are founding a startup, CEO of a startup. So sounds to me like you decided to leave the boring part of, of CPA work behind and say, let's go out there and see what's happening in the big world of big data. Tell me, is that the way it really went, Brian? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, some people are some people are meant for big companies. Uh, mm-hmm. Other people are meant to work in small companies and do do their own thing. And I suppose I, I'm the latter. So I always had this kind of thing that I wanted to to do something myself. I wanted to, uh, you know, forge my own identity. I suppose you could say. And yes. uh, look, I, I'm really excited because what we have is we have a team of computer science PhDs mathematicians and it's lovely just blending all these skills together and going into these organizations and saying we'll look at a little piece of your data you know we just look at a little section of it but we can do really good things with that data when we can show you how to make a lot of money and our our customers save an awful lot of money because you know uh there aren't uh, there aren't a lot of uh services in this space Okay, and rumor has it that your brother Joe is one of those two PhDs on your team, and that's a good thing. I'm always happy to hear a CPA or a, an accountant, as you said, uh, excited about doing something, anything. So that's good news for all of us. Thank you, Brian. And guess what? We can't leave Louisa out of this conversation. Louisa, you're at SAP. You're on the startup team. You're working with guys like Brian and Derek who are saying, let's do something big from a small company. Let's use something big like HANA Platform. And let's go out there and change part of the world or the whole world. So how did you get into this? Just a little background on Luisa Silva, if you don't mind, before we go to break, Luisa. What brought you into this part of SAP? Oh, Bonnie, that's, um, that's a very easy answer. But um, if I would have to answer in a word, I would have to say passion. And passion for what? Passion for transforming the world and transforming the world. Why? Because um, HANA is the, the platform that has the capability to transform the way the world works today. And I do believe in that deeply. So I left everything I was doing before at SAP um, already regarding 
regarding uh, HANA uh, to focus on not just bringing HANA to traditional SAP customers, but bringing the word out to the innovators, to startups, to new companies mm-hmm. that have this passion that you heard from both Brian and Derek, but yes. uh, to bring the word out, explaining them what the capabilities are, hear their, their ideas, and find the um, successful fit to um, change the world with them. I do believe that we need to empower innovation and transformation uh, through young and uh, small companies because good ideas don't um, come with size. So... Um, if you don't, you can't just think that only enterprise-wide companies are 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 going to be able to drive the future of of the world. So I think that um, uh, small companies, uh, startups, innovators, even just one big scientist or um, big idea person can change the world if we can support him and give them the technology that he needs to bring his idea to life. And that passion brought me to start a focus. I I'm really excited to be here and be able to uh, spend my days engaging with um, um, bright companies like um, Bangkok and Futura, and um, I'm very excited to see what they're bringing on and to be able to contribute to make them successful. Uh, There's nothing I would love to do more at SAP today. So articulate. We have such a passionate panel today, and you're all so articulate. And I hear poetry in them, Dar Hills. I hear, I hear all kinds of interesting things. You're all so well-spoken. It's just interesting to me. I, I had to ask you, Louisa, because we have people from the startup program, obviously, on the show every week. And I don't know if I've ever asked them or many of them, why do you do this? And I bet their answer is going to be similar to yours. It's being on that cutting mm-hmm. edge, watching new technology go into the hands and the hearts and the brains and the energy of people who are willing to take that risk and go out in the world and say, we have a small company, but wow, can we make a difference? Watch us roar. No, I wasn't quoting Katy Perry. On that note, I'm going to take a break. I am going to take a break. We can't bring her into the show. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. What an interesting panel. Brian Weekliam, CEO of Bangkok Analytics. Derek Joes, co-founder and chief product officer. If I say CPO, it sounds like it's out of a high-tech movie of M2M platforms at Flutura and Louisa Silver, director at SAP Startups Market Enablement for EMEA and MEE. We're going to take our final break. They have really deserved it. They're working hard. And when we come back, we're going to go into our final round and predictions are the order of the day. I'm going to ask Brian, Derek, and Louisa to think really hard over this very brief break and think about if we had this conversation five years from today, what would each of your organizations be doing that will impact the utility sector differently? Or will you already have, you can tell me this, sold the company for gazillions of dollars and gone off to do something else. And that's not a bad thing either. So we'll be right back after the break. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Mike out. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line? 
you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Welcome back to Startup Focus with Game Changers presented by SAP. Very special topic today, startups and utilities powering up. And I'm going to ask my three guests to power up their thoughts looking into the future five years ahead. If we were to meet again, and I certainly hope we do in 2019, what would you be saying about your company, your industry, about the state and trends of utilities and the impact of tech like HANA at that point in time? So, Brian Weekliam, why don't you start us off? Yeah, well, you know what I'd be saying to companies in five years' time? I'd be saying... Why doesn't your company use Bangkok Analytics? Uh, because we believe that, you know, banking is an industry that's uh, changed a lot in the last six years. And it's going to change a lot more because, you know, the banks have uh, traditionally had mainframe systems and, you know, everything was all very cumbersome. But now they're beginning to embrace the future and the whole uh, big data and analytics uh, world is coming into play in banking. And, you know, we're right in the center of that. And I, I believe in five years' time that every company will be using Bangkok Analytics because if they want to be the best, they've got to have the best. Oh, I like that a lot. That's a slogan worth remembering. Thank you very much, Brian. And let's turn to your co-panelist, Derek Joes at Flutura. Derek, what do you see for your company, uh, for your team, for the utilities industry? What do you wish and what do you think would be the reality if we talked about this five years from today? Bonnie, we are seeing a couple of trends and we want to intercept these trends. Uh, so the first trend we are seeing is that uh, the rise of the prosumer, as we call it. Uh, mm-hmm. So increasingly, there will be more number of people contributing into the grid from alternative sources of energy. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be an inflection point. Uh, and, and we want to create uh, ultra-specific applications which will help uh, gather this intelligence for utility companies. The second important trend which we see uh, is that uh, there's going to be a lot of deregulation, uh, at least in many of the markets. Uh, and, and this deregulation is going to bring out a lot of efficiencies and, and, and information flow is going to be a crucial part of uh, the result of the deregulation itself. And, and the third important trend we're going to see is that 
the sensitivity of the consumer to energy is going to dramatically change. Today, we feel that the sensitivity has not reached the level at which it should be. But over a period of time, with the rise of gamification, with the rise of dynamic pricing, the sensitivity of the consumer is dramatically going to rise. And Cerebra is preparing itself as an, as an uh, arsenal of apps uh, to intercept these trends. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And last but, of course, not least, Louisa Silva from SAP Startups. Louisa, what do you see five years ahead, please? Good morning, all. Five years ahead of, ahead of this, I want to see uh, SAP as being um, the apple of today. So uh, let me explain. So today you use your iPad because you love it and you buy it because it's beautiful. And uh, you know that whenever you need an application, you go to the App Store and look for it. So I want that the world in five years from now can see SAP as a go-to place to to get any of um, application, uh, any use case application uh, powered by in-memory, so able to transform their business. And they know that whatever is Uh, related to innovation and transformation in application should come from SAP, like an app store for innovation powered by HANA. Okay, that jerk puts it right out there. Thank you so much, Louisa. (laughs) I want to say thank you to my three panelists. You've been more than forthcoming and very, very, I appreciate your sharing your insights, your expertise, and a little bit about who you are and what powers you talk about powering up. I want to thank Brian Weekliam from Bangkok, Derek Joes from Flutura, Louisa Silva from SAP. I have a couple of shout-outs here. Michelle Hickey, Tom Flanagan, Malcolm Kimberlin, and the Business Channel team, always appreciative, and I have some predictions of my own. So there, on Thursdays, you have to be sure to join us for Startup Focus with Game Changers. We're always on at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Tuesdays, shifting gear a little bit, we're on with Biz Buzz with Game Changers. Say that five times fast. Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, where I am, and Wednesdays are flat flagship show. It's been going on for, oh my goodness, over two and a half years. Coffee Break with Game Changers, Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. And I have some interesting news. We're bringing back some of the series we had last year. So look forward in the next couple of weeks, actually, to a renewal of the HR Trends with Game Changers. I know you all love that show. And we're bringing back Financial Excellence, talking about GRC and financial transformation. And we even have a brand new show coming up on the horizon called The Future of business. Wait till you see the topics on that one. We're busy here at SAP Game Changers Radio. Okay, Brian, Derek, and Louisa, I have a call to action for the three of you. Put your seatbelts on and fasten them tight. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Startup Focus with Game Changers. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.